Joe Burrow was sacked seven times in the Super Bowl, which made a lot of Oregon fans wonder, did they make the wrong pick by taking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell? The answer is not what you might think. Plus, Oregon basketball escapes with a win against Washington State. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Remember to like and subscribe if you have not already, wherever you're listening to the show. Leave a five-star review. And if you would be so kind, drop a nice comment as well if you like the show. If you don't, that's okay. You won't hurt my feelings that bad. I'm not that sensitive of a guy, generally speaking. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So, Oregon football over the past couple of years has sent some uh, some pretty good linemen to the NFL. I think we all remember that. And Panay Sewell has a chance to be among the best of them. And I was watching the Super Bowl over the weekend, as I'm sure many of you were. By the way, was that the best halftime show in, I don't know, my entire life? My answer is uh, yes. It's a yes from me, as Simon Cowell would say. Anyway... Uh, that was that was an elite lineup of, of artists that played uh, a lot of fantastic songs. But anyway, I'm watching this game, and what I eventually, or what I thought happened, eventually came to pass. The Bengals' offensive line could not hold up against the Rams' pass trust because they have Aaron Donald, they have Von Miller, a couple other guys you haven't heard of who are really talented when you watch film and sit around and watch it all the time like people like me do. I tell you what, I was thinking about it because some Oregon fans online had, you know, sort of pointed these things out previously, and we're we're just in the, you know some pockets here and there reigniting the debate about, hey, should the Bengals have taken Panay Sewell? Was that the right choice? Should they have done that? And it's a fascinating question to examine because. I understand both sides of this argument very, very well. And you might be one of the people listening who is very much on the side, oh, look how bad the offensive line was. Look at it. They should have taken Panay Sewell. It would have been the right choice. And I understand that perspective. And I understand it because there was a point in time where I believed that very thing. I no longer think that. And I'll explain. I do have to shout out, however, the Super Bowl MVP, Cooper Cup was coached by uh, a wide receiver coach by the name of Junior Adams. Maybe you've heard of him. Sometimes guys just need a chance to play. Anyway, so I was once a uh, take Panay Sewell, do not draft Jamar Chase when your rookie or second-year quarterback is telling you to take his buddy from college. That's not going to work out. Doesn't scream successful. Not how a lot of organizations do it. I was all the way over there with you. If you are currently on that side, I think by the end of this segment, you will have changed your mind as I have that Jamar Chase was in fact the right pick for the Bengals. And this is not because Panay Sewell did not have a good year. He was named to the PFF all rookie team. 
He's on a very bad team, but he's the anchor on that offensive line. I hope they put him at left tackle. They were putting him at right tackle. I have no idea why. I mean, he and Rashad Slater coming out were 1A and 1B. Take whichever one you want, stick him at left tackle, and know that you're set at that position for a decade. The Chargers took Rashad Slater. He's a monster in the best way possible. The Lions were moving Sewell around. I don't understand what they're doing there. But then again, it's the Detroit Lions. So when has anyone ever understood exactly what they're doing? But I was a take Panay Sewell guy. And if you watch the Titans game, you watch the Super Bowl, it's easy to have those feelings kind of come back and say, yeah, see, they made the wrong selection. They needed to take an offensive lineman. There's no doubt this Bengals team has got to improve the offensive line. It, it is really, really bad. Joe Burrow was sacked 70 times this year, the most in the NFL. I mean, their offensive line is atrociously bad. It lost them the game in the second half. They couldn't move the ball because Burrow, in a 22-snap stretch, was sacked six times. That's impossible. Rams weren't even blitzing a lot. They were just getting pressure with four. Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald had a field day. Also, there was a moment earlier this year where the Lions were playing the Rams and Panay Sewell was going toe-to-toe with Aaron Donald. You know, he was jawing at him after a play. Dude's not intimidated by anybody, which is awesome. Just... That that guy is a football player, and the Lions have their left tackle if they choose to actually, you know, put him there. But the Rams' offensive line took over, and that's what I thought it would look like for most of this year for the Bengals, and it did. It it, it did seventy sacks, the most in the NFL. That's an unconscionable number. It's a lot. But the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. The Bengals, which is just a weird thing to say. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow is incredible. Absolutely incredible. But was Panay Sewell the right draft pick for the Bengals? Not in the short term. In the long term? Possibly. But if you watch Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow this year, you saw that they were able to carry over the chemistry they rode to a national championship, a blowout, by the way, not a total blowout. I think Clemson was kind of in the game, but I think it was LSU minus five and a half, and if I remember correctly, and the Tigers covered the spread. Well, the LSU Tigers, because they're both Tigers. Anyway, they were able to take that right to the NFL. Their chemistry is immaculate. It makes sense right away. And so I get the appeal for Oregon fans of, see, you should have taken Panay Sewell. There's a couple reasons why that was not the right selection. I'll tell you about them after I tell you that football season might be over, which is weird and kind of sad and depressing. But guess what? Basketball season in full steam for pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net, your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Panay Sewell was not the right draft pick. I was wrong. I will take an L on that. I've been wrong before. I will be wrong again. It happens, and I was I was ripping the Bengals. I had a sports talk show at the time. I was ripping the Bengals because you and I have seen Panay Sewell play. 
or we had seen him in college. And no, he didn't play in the COVID season, but we knew. This guy was incredible. He didn't commit penalties. He didn't allow sacks. He didn't allow pressures. He mauled guys in the run game. Defensive lines actually schemed so that he wouldn't block a defensive lineman. He'd have to run up to the second level before he could hit a linebacker, and that would give their front four an advantage schematically to try to get pressure on the quarterback or make plays in the run game. I mean, that was a real thing that happened. I don't know that I've ever seen that. He was one of the best Pac-12 linemen I have ever watched. He was incredible, absolutely incredible, and he will be good in the NFL. He's already good in the NFL. But the Bengals are not in the Super Bowl if they take Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. It, it's just a reality of it because the explosion that those two add to the offense on a regular basis is unbelievable. I mean, it is unbelievable. They're so good. Jamar Chase is shockingly good. He's probably a top five wide receiver. He's been in the league for an hour. It is incredible. His catch and run ability, his tough catch making, his route running, his timing and sense of rhythm with Joe Burrow is incredible. And it was a huge part of their offense. And they are not in the playoffs if Jamar Chase is not there. They don't win those playoff games if Jamar Chase is not there. So I was a take I was a take Benay Sewell guy, but that was I th- that completely changed my mind. One hundred percent. I did a one eighty. Came around and said, nope, that was the right pick because those two are so good. And the other reason is if they had taken Panay Sewell, let's say Joe Burrow, who is clearly a very good quarterback in the NFL, let's say he was still able to have a sufficient level of chemistry and explosion with the other weapons that the Bengals already have, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzama, nice pieces, Joe Mixon, a good running back out of Oklahoma. They have some offensive weapons. But the other thing you have to consider is Panay Sewell is one offensive lineman, and the impact of one offensive lineman versus one stud-wide receiver like that who is top five in the NFL right now, you're going to get a bigger impact from the wideout when Jamar Chase is as good as he is. If they'd taken another wide receiver and he ended up being about as good as T. Higgins, eh, no, that's not going to be the case. But because Jamar Chase is so good, so explosive, and incredibly talented, it was the right pick. So I understand the, you know, hindsight's 2020. You should have taken Panay Sewell. He can't block everybody on that offensive line. It needs to be completely reworked. Has to be their number one priority. And sure, they would love to be able to get Panay Sewell now, but if you go back in time, Knowing what we know now, Jamar Chase was the right pick over Penesul. Thought I would, uh, thought I'd, thought I'd go in, go all in on that because you know I love keeping up with pro ducks. I know many of you do as well. And back to the college ranks, Oregon basketball escapes against Washington State. And first of all, context: that Oregon lost to Cal. That, as you probably remember, if you listened the other day. That means you've probably liked and subscribed, which you all should do, and I thank you, those of you that have already done so. That loss to Cal dropped Oregon from 46 to 62 in the net rankings. That was a bad, bad loss. Oregon went from in the field, getting a buy. They were one of the last four buys, not having to be a first four-in team. 
to out of the tournament, <laughs> according to Joe Lenardi, with that loss to Cal. And it was extra bad because it was at home. But thankfully, as I'm recording this about an hour ago, Oregon was able to defeat Washington State, who had won five in a row, and then they lost three in a row coming into this one, or they lost two in a row, and now it's three, or whatever the case may be. They were a solid team. Kyle Smith comes from USF, good head coach. He's he's starting to get the Cougars back to being a relevant team in the conference, but they had a winning record. They were 7-5 and five in conference play coming into this game, and Oregon went from 9-4 and four now to 10-4, and four, and they are uh, they're, they're sitting at eight losses right now on the season, which is not a horrible spot to be. It's just not a great spot to be. You know, bubble watch is just, it's stressful <laughs> if you're a big college basketball fan like I am. And I want the Ducks to be a part of March Madness so, 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 so bad year in and year out. And they usually are, and they usually find a way. But you, you just you would rather it be a comfortable four or five seed rather than a bubble watch 10 or 11 seed. However, this was uh, a game where you just say, you know what? They got the win, played well enough, and that is a good thing. They had a 12-point lead, Oregon did, at the under-four timeout in uh, the first half, the media timeout. And then Wazoo started hitting some shots. But one thing that you have to take away from this game in, in a major way is the big men had an impact. And I've talked about them extensively on this show because of the role they play for the Ducks and really the role they've played on Dana Altman teams over the last several years. I mean, they have been. You know, Jordan Bell's been there, Chris Boucher, Kenny Wooten. There's just all these bigs that have been high, high-impact players and are central to what Oregon does defensively. And it's no surprise that those two, who, you know, I combine their stats a lot because there are a lot of similarities between their games, they combine for 22 points, 12 boards, 5 blocks on 10 of 15 shooting. No surprise that Washington State shot 30% from the floor. 8 of 33 from downtown, which is just vintage Dana Altman, by the way. For whatever reason, the way the Ducks play defense, I have noticed this time and time again over the years. It often, not against Cal, of course, often results in a lot of missed open looks in the second half, especially late in the second half. Washington State ended up with a couple of looks to tie the game, which we'll get to later. It was just... Oh, man, it was maddening. But that's the way that being a sports fan is. The big guys ha had an impact in this one. And it, there have been games where the guards have carried Oregon. The Utah game certainly comes to mind where the big men's impact have, uh, ha have been a little bit more limited. But this was not one of those games. The guards, Richardson, Young, and Harmon, they combined for 29 points on 12 of 30 shooting. Harmon had 13. Richardson only had 7. Jacob Young only had nine. Will Richardson, last couple games after that hot shooting stretch, he's really, really cooled off, but he did hit the big shot later, and I'll uh, get to that after I tell you that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts, star, auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com. 
at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when choosing Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, now even carpet, and all that you could possibly need. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right. So in some ways it was a vintage Dana Altman game, 62 59, right where he likes it. Defensive struggle, Offense just, you know, wasn't wasn't there. A, a lot of good looks weren't falling. Ducks were five of nineteen from three point in this game, which is suboptimal. But I, I had a couple takeaways from from this game. And and first of all, it's good to get the win. Just just remember, take all this with a grain of salt. It is good to get the win. I will never be unhappy that Oregon won uh won a basketball game. Though I I'd, I'd prefer perhaps if they could, you know, make it a little less stressful for me as an emotionally invested duck fan game in and game out. But it's a stressful time of year. That's the way it is. Got to deal with it. Couple things. Oregon has got to be better at breaking a press. They run a 3 guard lineup a lot. Richardson's a bigger guard at 6'5" but Richardson, Jacob Young, Davion Harmon. These are experienced college basketball players, and they're all point guards. They're all left-handed, as we know. When you have three guards on the court, three guys who you could say, bring the ball up, be the primary ball handler, start the offense, run it, you know, be the, be the point guard, be the leader of the team, the floor general out there. A team with that, level of guard play and experienced guard play has got to be better at breaking pressure. It just doesn't make sense. It, it does not. Every time Oregon gets in these late-game situations, they are impossibly bad at, number one, beating the pressure, number two, avoiding stupid passes, and number three, just looking like everything is frantic. I mean, every time it's out there, it's like they don't know, you know, why the pressure's coming or they look kind of unprepared for it and they're making these passes that are just wildly dangerous time and time again and I just that, that has to be better. It it has to be better and Oregon got away with it in this game. Ultimately ended up winning by 3 because Will Richardson with a minute to go off a baseline out of bounds after Washington State fouled. They were trying to get kept on to the free throw line, but it was only the sixth team foul, so they weren't in the bonus yet. Richardson comes free on the baseline out of bounds, wide open in the corner, and this was just a huge shot. It was the dagger in the game. Ultimately, you know, Washington State was able to yank the dagger out and kind of take a, a chunk out of Oregon's leg, but not enough to, to mortally wound the Ducks in this game. As I continue with a bloody metaphor, for whatever reason, Richardson comes open, and with a minute to go, up by six, you, you come free in the corner, 20 seconds on the shot clock, you could run it down to 40, but Richardson, ever confident, set his feet, launched, and connected on the three. That proved to be the difference in the game. 62-59 was the final. He misses that. This game could go to overtime really easily, and the Ducks probably lose if that's the case. And look, at the end of the day, as I said, wins are what matter. But it's 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 got to be easier for, for the Ducks. They're making it too hard on themselves. And 
It's it's the turnovers late. It's the frantic passes and, and free throws. Man, Gary and Davion Harmon both missed the front end of one and ones to allow Washington State to go down and and have shots to get back into it. And then a turnover in the backcourt again allowed Washington State to make a three, get within three. Then they fouled Davion Harmon, an 81% foul shooter. He was one of three at the line tonight. You just can't explain this stuff all the time. And he misses, and the Cougars go and have two looks to tie the game when you were up nine with inside of a minute to go. It just it, it shouldn't happen. The Ducks have got to be better at late-game execution here. But at the end of the day, wins are what matter. Joe Lenardi has the Ducks back in the field of 68 with this win, replacing Memphis. Because, as I've said, style points don't matter in, in college basketball as much. Wins do. It's just the nature of you know how things get computed and what the value of a win is. It, it's not about style points. It's about getting wins. And Oregon has, has got a handful of games left on their schedule still, as everybody does. And I, I tell you what, if they could just... <laughs> if they could just close the season strong, that'd be great. They're 17-8 and eight right now, and they've got six games left. Arizona State on Thursday, Arizona on Saturday, UCLA uh, and USC next week, and man, those are just those are just massive games. If you can go two and one against the ranked teams, Arizona, UCLA, and USC, and I I pray they're able to beat Arizona State even on the road. If you go two and one in those games, they'll be in a really good spot. But we just we just gotta take it one game at a time. That's the mode we're in right now as Duck fans. Is just inch along one at a time, and we got the win tonight. That's good. Hopefully, I can say the same thing about the game on Thursday. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.